Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Steam Up the Classroom. where we talk about education and integrating science, technology, engineering, art, and math into the classroom. I'm Tori Cameron, and I started this podcast in order to learn from the experts of STEAM around me. Each episode, we have a guest on the show from the fields of education, business, nonprofits, or others related to STEAM. My hope for this podcast is to learn something that I can incorporate into my classroom and for you, the listeners, to do so as well. On today's episode, we have Erin Fisher, who is the Technology Integration Facilitator for East Bridgewater Public Schools in Massachusetts. Welcome, Erin. Hi! (laughs) Um, So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you into the tech world. So as you stated, I am a Technology Integration Facilitator. That's the name of the position here. Many other schools call it um, Blended Learning Specialist or Digital Coach or Tech Integrationist. Um, But that's our title here because truly I do facilitate the tech integration that teachers are doing and I help them uh, make the most out of their lessons in the classroom. But what brought me into this tech world um, just was by chance uh, in the early days of smart boards and uh, programs that we were purchasing like Study Island and um, other programs like that. I just really took a liking to technology and it really grew from there. And uh, a tech director we had a few years back brought us into Google Apps for Education and uh, asked me to be one of the first pilot teachers to pilot Google Apps for Education. And I really fell in love with the G Suite apps um, and it only grew from there the way I integrated technology into my classroom. And once we had our uh, new administrative team come into place, they really, um, they really loved tech and embraced it and uh, created this position and approached uh, me about applying for this position um, and it kind of just went from there. That's awesome. You mentioned that technology integration facilitator is kind of a little bit different between schools. So what is your role as a tech integration facilitator? Um, So my role varies. It's it's a lot of things. Every day it it looks a little different. Um, I run workshops. the principals of each building will ask me to come in and run various workshops and I'll touch base with them and ask what the need is for the month um, and then I'll present a technology-based workshop for teachers once a month on that topic at the middle school and then at central school which is our pre-k to two building it's about every other month I'll touch base um, with the school as a whole each grade level to talk about some of the latest tech tools that they can integrate and then I also have a calendar where teachers can reach out and book me um, for singular appointments or grade level appointments. And then I also meet uh, regularly with um, our IT department and our um, acting tech director to talk about initiatives and what, what we're doing. We, I'm also a member of the PD Academy and I help design all of the technology integration PD for the district. 
Um, and then on any given day when I am not meeting with teachers or students or um, administrators or other uh, leadership positions, I'm uh, researching the latest and greatest tech and I'm reaching out to some of our companies and talking with them about the best ways to integrate their products that we use. Um, and that's pretty much what I do. That's awesome. Why is technology important for students, teachers, and schools? There's still naysayers out there, so what would your argument be for any naysayers? All right, well, first I'll start with why is it important. Um, it's important for students, teachers, and schools. Um, particularly right now, it's important for schools because it's really the world that all the schools are entering as you look more and more. Um, and some districts are ahead of others. It all depends on you know your parent community and where your funding is, um, but we're all, going towards this one-to-one -one model where each child has access to a device. It does not mean that each child is using a device or student is using a device 24 hours a day or even their entire school time is just they have access to a device. Um, and this is important because it connects our students really to the global learning community around us. We can Skype, we can use Google Earth, we can take virtual field trips. Um, and it allows teachers as well to connect to a global learning community and develop professional learning networks with other teachers outside of their building. Um, it allows us to give students voice and choice in their learning and we can do that without technology as well. It's just having it as an option does help facilitate um, some difficult learning outcomes. So if you need to group students and have different activities going on inside your classroom to truly differentiate, technology does assist a great deal in doing that. And also puts the tools of today in our students' hands and, and helps them connect to that global audience and be ready for um, the, the world they're gonna enter into, whether right. it's college or the workforce or right. military. In Massachusetts, we have MCAS and some schools are still doing PARC or um, in other states that it's basically standardized testing and our standardized testing is all going to computers. Like my class, this will be the first year that everyone's on a computer and, and the kids, I mean, they need access to computers before they can take the test, right? So um, if that's the way we're moving to with a state standardized test, then really it's, it's so important for the kids to have access when they're in school every day so they can practice the skills that they need in order to write essays and uh, answer questions. We talked about it today in your PD where, um, you have the different tools that you need to figure out with math symbols and, and everything like that. So and, uh, really the future is technology and um, it's just, it's so important to have those resources. And we're lucky enough to be in a district where we can have resources and you so Thank that you. people can come around, you can come around and, and help classes and, and help the students. It's, it's really, it's really amazing. Um, I've worked in schools where we have had zero technology and schools where we've had obviously one-on-one -on -one. and um, it's really, it opens so many doors and doors that I didn't even realize were there until like I found them here. So it's, it's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. Yeah. My argument for naysayers, um, meaning in some of the naysaying I hear is never usually against technology. It's usually about screen time. And mm. I do, um, I hear that and I do agree with some of that. And that's why we say it's, it's not a digital learning approach. It's not digital learning, it's blended learning. And everything has a place. Um, paper has a place, technology has a place, low tech or high tech. And you know, 
like you said, just said, um, entering the world and teaching our students how to use this technology is very important from a young age. So that way, when they enter into the workforce or into college or the military, they understand how to write an email. They understand digital etiquette mm -hmm. because those are the other pieces that are just so very important and giving them a way to express themselves too. So, so Aaron, there's so much technology out there and there's just so many resources. Where do you begin? What would you say would be the best technology to have in your classroom, free and paid? If we're looking at it in terms of um, on Chromebooks or iPads, I would say one of the best free applications to use is a website called Flipgrid. Um, we just used this in preschool last week, and I've also seen it used in grade 12 classrooms. And it's basically an app um, or a website where the teacher can post a prompt, and the teacher can post it with a video or by text and the students rep respond with a video um, and they can really express themselves orally and um, post the video to the grid. And the teacher has the control to make that video public or she can keep it private just for herself and she can give feedback to the students. So you can use it for a reflection on, you know, what did you learn with your summer reading to preschool where they all talked about what is a farm. And then um, oh. with preschool, they posted all the videos on a grid and all the kids watched each other and it was really oh, cute. cute. But it was great practice with recall and um, oral expression, oral presentation. So I really like that app. It's free. Um, it does have a paid component. Many free apps um, or free websites will have a paid component, but it is free and it's um, the free account's great. So if you go to the paid account, you get a few more additional features, but it's a great free tool. That reminds me a little bit of Seesaw, which is what I like to use in my classroom. Um, it's similar to Flipgrid, but the kids are creating a portfolio and, um, and it's, it can be videos, it can be pictures, it can be recordings. Um, so I've had the kids make um, just reflections. We, I had them make earthquake awareness videos. I had them make mini podcasts to maybe get the bug, uh, make them have a podcast someday. Um, I've had them respond to each other. They can comment. Uh, it's, it's a really cool resource and it's kind of like Flipgrid, but a little bit more where you can have the parents also respond back if you want to include them and the kids can go home and um and watch each other's and interact a little bit more with comments and likes and everything it's 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 cool to watch what they create you just give them a camera and and see what the messages they create for each other is just so funny i love it and i think the kids really love it too they i mean they love watching each other the comments that they write are so nice they're cheering each other on or they'll ask questions um and it's just i mean what kid doesn't like to watch themselves <laughs> <laughs> i mean everyone they, they're always taking selfies right so it's just a, it's a great resource too yeah, and we have a lot of other great free resources we use in the classroom here. Um, Pear Deck is one. It's oh, yeah. free, but it also has a paid option. Um, so I would say that's my favorite paid. But also Kahoot, Quizies, Quizlet, a lot of the um, standard applications. We use Google Classroom here. We do pay for a license um, to be a Google Apps for Education school or a G Suite school. But um, Google Classroom, once you are a Google school, is free. And Google Classroom is probably the biggest tool used mm -hmm. within the district just as a great place to have as a central location for your students to push out oh, yeah. work. I love Google Classroom. Just, I feel like there's every, there's something new every single day. 
that I can find and incorporate into my lessons. But let's talk about Pear Deck because mm-hmm. we both love Pear Deck and we yes. can talk about Pear Deck for like an entire hour. And shout out to Risa. Someday you are going Risa. to get on this podcast. We will make it happen. We'll find a day that we can have you on. And um, But let's talk about Pear Deck because it's so amazing and I had never even heard of it before I met you. And um, now it's probably my number one most favorite classroom tool. And today... Um, I was actually asking the kids, like, what's their favorite um, part about math class? And they almost unanimously said Pear Deck, which I I just warmed my soul. (laughs) Anytime I show (laughs) teachers that tool, every teacher tells me it is a game changer. And that is the best way to describe it, game changer. So picture your standard, um, you know, traditional lecture class. Now you can take your Pear Deck, put your slides if you were using them. If not, make some slides into a lecture and at any point in time you can ask a question and it can be live or it can be pre-planned and you get live answers in real time that you can display and you can display them anonymously on the paid account as a teacher you can see which student is connected to which answer so you can see um, before you display them live if there are any you don't want to show which is a powerful tool Um, and there's a variety of question types Um, what's great about Pear Deck is it is always updating they tweet a lot when they update um, and they have a lot of great resources on their site if you're interested they have some pre-made Pear Decks that Mm -hmm. you can practice with and try and uh, it's just a great product overall. It's really changed the way we um, present to our population here at East Bridgewater. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I use it all the time in math class, and the other day I put a grid up on Pear Deck, and every kid at their seat could plot the points at their seat, and then I pressed the button, and they all popped up on the screen. I mean, you can create drawing slides for the kids they can do multiple choice they can um, do like how, how are you go- how are you doing so far thumbs up thumbs down what's um how are you feeling with the different smiling faces um you can what else I mean, uh, give students it just gives students a voice it has yeah. every type of question and you can manipulate any type of question um you can put you know have the kids pick apart sentences and yeah. put the punctuation into sentences which is really cool to watch but The biggest um, impact it had on me was when one of my students who was very shy and did not raise her hand but was brilliant said to me at the end of the year, um, she was so excited that I gave her a voice. She did not like to raise her hand, but Pear Deck made her feel like her answers were still on display, but kids didn't know who she was and she could have still expressed herself. So when I put answers up on the screen and they know it's theirs and I know it's theirs, but no one else knows it's theirs and their little smile. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sweet, it's, it's, especially it's when you like star theirs, you can star yeah. and you're like, this one's great. And then you see that child beam. It is really nice. It's awesome. So um, if anyone wants to enhance their classroom in an incredible way, Pear Deck mm-hmm. is definitely up on our top favorite lists. But there's so many other things out there, Erin. Let's talk more. What else? Oh, gosh. Let's see. We said Quizlet, Quizies, Kahoot, Pear Deck. There's News ELA, which mm-hmm. is it's actually Newzella. Newzella. I asked um, the guy at Mask yep, you. It's Newzella. <laughs> That's a great program. Um, Spiral.ac, which oh, yes. a lot of people aren't familiar with, is a great program. Also has a wonderful free component, similar to Pear Deck, um, but has a couple other features. I really like Spiral because I can put YouTube videos into it and then have questions that run in the middle of the video. So I can check in with the students, make sure they're understanding. I can ask multiple choice questions. I can ask open-ended questions. I'm using it right now in um, in my Properties of Matter um, unit, and it's 
it's really going yeah, well. The kids, the kids love really it. really enjoy it. It's similar to Edpuzzle if anyone out there has used Edpuzzle, except it also has um, a chat room component like today's Meet, but you can control the chatting. Mm-hmm. You can start it and stop it. So um, it's got a lot of features of a lot of different programs into one program. And I think it's also really great because there's a lot of um, – I mean, there's some administrators out there, out there that don't necessarily like to have video up on the screen, but you can take a video and enhance it so tremendously that, I mean, who wouldn't love it? Yeah, Coming and then it's interactive yeah, and it's learning. Interactive. It's interactive. The kids are checking in. They're learning. It's it's great. And they can't sit and snooze because mm-hmm. their friends will call them out because that happened in my class the <laughs> other day. One of the kids hadn't answered the question yet, so we couldn't move on. And uh, they were like, hey, 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 make sure you answer the question. So it's just, it's a great resource. And does that affect their Classcraft points? Oh, One of your favorite paid programs? <laughs> um, Classcraft is incredible. Oh, gosh. It is probably, I mean, I've, I've loved so many new things this year, but it's definitely up there for my one of my favorite tools to use. It is a, um, it's a way to gamify your classroom and I use it um, in various ways. So it's kind of like Class Dojo where you can give points to kids depending on what they're doing, if they hand in assignments, if they're um, like helping out, if they went up to the board and taught something to the class. But it's better because you can actually have the kids create characters for themselves. So all the points that they get, they can enhance their characters. They'll have powers and the powers can help their teammates. And if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, then they'll lose health points. And if they lose all their health points, then they'll be sentenced. So at the beginning of the year, um, we came up with a few sentences where if uh, they lose their points, like, what do they owe me as the game master? And uh, it's like they have to stay in during Friday recess or they'll have to recite a poem to the class. They come up with some hilarious ones. Um, that really shows ownership, though, that they yeah. come up with the consequences of losing their points. And they think they think it's hilarious, too, when they have to do funny things like read poems to the class. Um, and uh, they, what else? I mean, so much. They, I actually bought into it because the kids loved it so much that I actually um, went to the paid version, which honestly wasn't too expensive. I think it was like $90 or something like that. Um, so I bought it for myself for Christmas. And, uh, and... The kids can take gold pieces now and get pets and have more powers and we can go on quests where um, we can have an extended lesson or a unit or something where they have to have different checkpoints and they'll get points once they um, do their work and you can put objectives right into the quest, which is really cool. They have different battles um, where I like to use it for formative reviews or, or before a quiz to, re- um, to get our brains flowing um, where they'll actually battle other teams or, or battle um, a different creature that they have to take out um, and they can get points for every question they get right and stuff like that. They, I mean, the possibilities are really endless with Classcraft, and I feel like there's something new that I fa- find um, all the time that I, I'm like, oh, guys, we have to try this. Um, and they come into school so excited. They honestly grab their Chromebooks, open it up, and check to see if I gave any Classcraft points over overnight if I've, like, checked work or something like that. And I, at the beginning of the year, I was – I wouldn't say I was struggling, but I was looking for a way to get more kids to come up to the board to answer questions or to teach the class. And this 
using Classcraft has been the best way to get them to come up because every time they come up to the board and teach the class something, I give them points for it and I give them a hefty amount of points too. So um, it really makes them level up and get them more powers and, and more fun things. So it's been a way that has really benefit, benefited my room and the students. They've just, I mean, they've excelled using Classcraft and it's just, it's amazing. So if anyone has questions about any of these awesome um, free paid technology, all that, please reach out to us. We'll say what our contact information is at the end of the episode. Um, but before we move on, there's a new uh, technology must have that's coming out in April and it goes along with the Nintendo Switch. And I don't know too much about it, but it was actually my husband. He has a Nintendo Switch and I um, shout out to myself. I gave it to him for Christmas. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Who doesn't Thank love you. Nintendo? <laughs> I know. He was begging for it. He wanted Zelda. Anyway, um, so he found out that Nintendo has a new feature with Switch that's called Nintendo Labo. I'm pretty sure it's L-A-B-O. And it, oh gosh, it is incorporating my two favorite things, technology and cardboard. And there's all these different kits that you can get that hook up with the switch so the controllers can um, go into the cardboard in a certain ways so the kids can create like pianos and when they they hook up the controller when they press the piano keys it actually plays and um, they can like make these virtual backpack things and turn into transformers it looks like um, I don't even know I, I just need it I need it and I need to play with it and I need to use it in my classroom and so I need to find some miracle way that I can Maybe get it. Maybe you should it. reach out and ask if you can pilot it. Oh! Sometimes they send pilots Maybe. out for that free. would be amazing. Sometimes. But I need to find a way to get this and Mandy Figlioli, shout out per usual as I shout out to you. Um, she is my fellow cardboard loving friend. Um, this is something that we absolutely have. So. Um, shout out to Mandy, get, uh, get Nintendo Labo or get your hands on it and then we can, um, hopefully compare. So Erin, if a teacher is interested in integrating tech or more tech, but doesn't know where to begin, where should they start? So if it were me, I would start with those around me. Um, and when I was in the process of integrating more tech, um, I was the techiest one, which is why I ended up in this, in this role. But, um, so I couldn't reach out to those around me, so I had to go somewhere else and where did I go Twitter Twitter so I wouldn't sit and Google um, great tech to use in your classroom because you will be overwhelmed <laughs> so rather I would go out to Twitter and I would look for some certain hashtags to follow first like um, tech for littles gaff for littles is a great hashtag um, it's all about integrating um, Google Apps for Education into like the K12 classroom the, but there's a lot of hashtags that you can look for and I would just start on Twitter and looking for resources um, connect with other teachers through Twitter look for other school districts that um, have Twitter accounts that are into integrating technology into their classrooms and that's really where I began um, and from there every night I would sit on Twitter I would put my children to bed and then at seven o'clock I would sit on Twitter and I would have to make sure I could devote a few hours because every um, big techie guru would always post their blogs mm -hmm. so I would click their blog link and then when I would read their blog link it would take me to like somebody else they were referencing in their blog so I'd have to go to that blog and through that I got a lot of great ideas and that's how I found a tool like Pear Deck. Um, I was 
I saw that um, MJ Lenane, shout out, from Old Rochester Regional High School, he had a blog, and he was also the MassQ Pathfinder Award winner a couple years ago. So I followed him on Twitter, and I tweeted to him, and I was like, hey, just want to know, what do you use for, like, screen sharing? I want to be able to screen share with my students and ask some questions, and he recommended Pear Deck. And so that's a great way to just, you know, get into more tech is connecting with other teachers through Twitter um, and looking at different tech bloggers. And that's where I would that's where I would start. That's a great place to begin. Yeah. Hashtag EdTech. Hashtag EdTech chat. Um, those are two really good ones. Yep, there's yeah. Learn Like a Pirate. He's got a great one. Yep. Hashtag Ditch That Homework. Hashtag Primary STEM Chat. My Australian friends. Um, yeah. I mean, I think. For Twitter, it really makes the world a smaller place, and mm -hmm. it's really cool to be able to connect to so many different teachers, and that's really why I began this podcast, because I loved being able to talk to everyone on Twitter, and I was like, well, I want to be able to bring them into um, my world and, and be able to pick their brain and ask questions, so here we are, folks. All right. Um, what can a teacher who does not have access to technology do to incorporate tech? Um, well, technology isn't just um, high tech. We think technology and we think Chromebooks, iPads, laptops, computers. Um, but technology can also be low tech. It can be very simple to from a pencil grip to a calculator. To so, cardboard. To cardboard. <laughs> so technology and engineering encompasses a lot of different things. But, I mean, you can always ask for donations. Um, reach out to your parent community. Reach out to your local community. Reach out to local businesses that are looking to donate. Um, reach out to local banks that have charitable foundations. Um, I know, like, big companies like Ocean Spray, they have um, – you know, volunteer programs where they give their employees a day off if those employees are going into school systems and doing some volunteer work. And that's a great way to have people come in and talk about technology and the engineering behind cranberry juice. Um, that's cool. We had a scientist come in that talked about the engineering and technology behind scalloping. It's a billion-dollar industry and mm -hmm. uses a lot of technology, believe it or not, um, right out of New Bedford. So reaching out just to your local community, you may find that you have more access than you think. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people that want to come into classrooms. They just haven't gotten that phone call or haven't gotten that invite. And there's probably a lot of parents within your community that want to come in too. Um, I mean, kids are the future. And in order to be able to fill all of these STEM jobs that are coming our way within the next 20 years, we need to have the kids excited about them. So um, reach out and see who you can have come into the room. We are wrapping up this episode. Erin, is there anything else you want to add about tech or any tech resources that um, you didn't mention earlier that you want to do a shout out to before we wrap up the episode? Yeah, I just thought um, I didn't mention one of my favorite tools. One of my absolutely favorite tools is Screencastify. And um, I try to encourage teachers to use this tool. It's a great tool for creating little videos that you can put into to Google Classroom and send out to students to show them a skill or for video sub plans or for flipped classrooms. Um, it's one of my favorite, favorite tools and it is 100% free. All right, I cannot believe it, but we are actually at the end of our episode. And if anyone's wondering, normally the episodes are usually between like 40, 40 minutes and to an hour, but we actually are going to have Erin part two, where we are going to have a few guests on the show um, from the ed tech world. Um, we actually have a 
SPD Day coming up where we've invited, or Aaron has invited um, a few different tech directors or tech integration people um, to come and present and, and hopefully they'll join us for a, a podcast afterwards, which will be super awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we're going to have a part two and also because Aaron's amazing and we could talk oh, all day you. about this amazing thing. <laughs> I love tech. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so stay tuned for part two coming in a little while. Um, and before we wrap up, is there any way that people can get in touch with you? Sure, sure. You can um, take a look at my blog. It's www.fishinonamission.com. Um, probably should have been .net because it's fish, but <laughs> play on words. No G, fishing on a mission. Um, you can also connect with me on Twitter. It's at Mrs. Aaron Fisher. Um, and you can always send a message to Tori if you're looking for my email. I don't want to publicize that because I don't want to get slammed with email. But, um, <laughs> you, you can always reach out. Yeah. Anyway, right? You can always reach out to me on Twitter. I'd love to chat. Yeah, and um, if you want to get in touch with me, as usual, you can find me um, on Twitter, which is at Steam Up the C L S R M, or you can head to my website, which is uh, SteamUpTheClassroom.com. All right, thanks so much, Erin. And thank you, everyone, for listening. See you guys next time.